Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Early in Acts chapter 3, the Apostle Peter performed one of the great miracles of the New Testament, healing a man lame from his mother's womb. This mighty deed drew the attention of a sizable crowd, and Peter seized the opportunity to preach. But it's interesting to note that he didn't preach a sermon about divine healing. Rather, he preached Christ and Christ alone. His focus was not the healing, but the healer. And that will be our focus as well today on this Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee was nearly 70 years of age when he began a 21-year labor that he called the Life Study of the Bible. His faithful Lord Jesus granted him both the grace and the necessary years to complete the work in 1995. He went to rest in his Lord in June of 1997. And we are privileged to have excerpts today from a wonderful message given in the Life Study of Acts. And with us to discuss these portions and enjoy the fellowship is Dennis Higashi, back for his second visit. Dennis, welcome once again, and thank you for joining us. We continue to enjoy the riches in the book of Acts. Thank you, Chris. It's my privilege to be here. Dennis, Peter's second message following the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost is the subject of Acts chapter 3. Tell us as we begin today the backdrop of this marvelous word that led to a great number receiving Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. Of course, I think we all realize the story there of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and uh, to see how many receive the Lord. And of course, today we will go on to Peter's second message to the Jews, which is the healing of a lame man in verses 1 through 26. Dennis, let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of our life study today. In chapter 3 is Peter's second message. And it seems that this message was given based upon the miracle of a lame man being healed. Apparently so. Actually, I tell you, Peter's burden was not about any kind of divine healing. He didn't have such a burden. His burden was again to propagate Christ. You see, his burden was again to speak Christ, to speak false Christ, to speak out Christ, to speak Christ directly into the human beings that the human beings may be propagated with Christ to be his living members that Christ may have a body on this earth. Have you seen that in chapter 3? Peter did a miracle. A lame man got healed through him in the name of the one, his chest. But Peter didn't preach 
divine healing. He didn't teach miracles. He did a miracle, and people paid attention to that miracle, but in his speaking, he turned people's attention from miracles to a person to demand Jesus. He turned his audience to a person. He didn't stay on the healing. He turned the people's attention from the healing to the healer. You see, how Peter turns his audience to the healer. He told them what? He told them, number one, the man Nazarene, whom you Jewish leaders despised, was God's servant. His servant. Jesus. Then number two, this one was the Holy One. And number three, this Holy One was also the Righteous One. Holy denotes what? Denotes that this man, Nazarene, whom you despise, was absolutely separated unto God. He was absolutely for God, with God, and he was absolutely one with God. He was holy. He was just holy. You have to understand the denotation of the word holy in the biblical use. It is one who is absolutely separated unto God, who is absolutely one with God, who is absolutely for God. In the human history, there had never been such a one. David was good, but you know the story, at least in one instant, he was not for God. He was just for himself. But the man Jesus, he was absolutely for God. He was absolutely separated into God, even to be one with God. He couldn't find out any instant, in any second, this man Jesus was not absolutely for God. He was holy. He is called the Holy One. Despite that David wrote that many good hymns, good psalms, yet, I tell you, uh -huh, he was not the Holy One. In human history, there has been only one that can be titled or untitled as the Holy One. He's the Holy One. Well, Dennis, uh, to the best of my recollection, I don't remember personally ever witnessing an actual miracle of this magnitude. I don't know about you, but I can imagine that it would be very easy to get distracted by such a supernatural event. But Peter was really wise in the way that he spoke to the crowd assembled after this great healing. What can we learn, Dennis, from Peter's approach? I think if you or I performed this miracle that Peter did, we would naturally, when a crowd 
was attracted to us, we would say, this is a, a golden time for us to build up our ministry and see how great we are. But Peter turned the entire situation not to himself or to the healing or to the miracle, but to the very person of Christ. He mentioned several things about Christ. He called Christ the servant of God, the holy one, the righteous one, the author of life, the prophet, just in his message. And so Peter's whole emphasis was he wanted, with the crowd there, to speak forth Christ, that Christ as life could be propagated into all these people. He wanted to speak out Christ, that these ones could become living members of Christ's organic body. This is the real intrinsic meaning in Acts chapter 3. And Peter turned people's attention from the miracles to the living person of Christ. He turned people's attention from just mere healing, outward healing, one-time healing, to the very person, the healer, which is the Lord Jesus himself. The supernatural events just appeal to man's curiosity. But we can see from this portion in Acts chapter 3 that God is not interested in these things. God is only interested in Christ himself, what he has done, and what he is in his person. Peter was not focusing on the miracle or the healing itself, but bringing people back to the very person of Christ. The author of all the healing is the healer, which is Christ himself. Dennis, later on in his ministry, in his uh, epistle, his first epistle, Peter comes back and uh, speaks not at all of the healings and the miracles that took place early on, but he has another focus, doesn't he? Absolutely. Especially in his last epistle that he wrote in 2 Peter, we can see he wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, that God has granted us all things related to life and godliness. For what purpose? That we could be partakers of the divine nature in 2 Peter 1, 4. The real healing today is the inward healing. We all need to be healed. And how do we heal today? In a proper way, we are healed by partaking of the divine nature. You know, in John chapter 2, in verses 23 through 25, the Lord himself says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feasts, many believed into his name when they saw the signs which he did. But in verse 24, it says, But Jesus himself did not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. In other words, the Lord did not trust people in following him just because of miracles and signs. No, uh, miracles and signs just appeal to an element in us out of curiosity. But the Lord is not interested in that. The Lord is interested in us knowing him in an inward way, even a way according to life. Many times, Dennis, I think we have to honestly admit, Lord, if you would just show me something sometimes, right. how, how much easier it would be for me to follow you. Right. But the Lord is training us in a different, more intrinsic, inward way. Absolutely. Dennis, let's go back and pick up more of Witness Lee's sharing. He's the Holy One. Not only so, he's also the righteous one. Why the Bible puts holy and righteous together there already? Why holy first? Then righteous follows. Holy is to be absolutely unto God and for God. Righteous is to be just right. Just to be right. Right with God and right with everybody. And even right with everything. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. He's the righteous one. And the righteous one simply means the right one. 
he's the right one. He was never wrong with God. And he was never wrong with anyone. Jesus was never wrong. He was the righteous one. Wonderful. They're saying, who was Peter? When he was talking there, from his talking, the Pharisee realized that he was uneducated. He was unlearned. In that present talking, he was realized by his opponents that he was uneducated, unlearned. Yet, how could he give such a message? How could he give such a message, picking up all these words, the holy one, the righteous one? No doubt. Listen, the life-giving spirit was within him. His utterance, his language, showed that he was uneducated. But the points are there. The spirit didn't speak directly by the spirit himself. The spirit spoke through an uneducated person. And this is incarnation. The points are divine, the points are wonderful, yet the speaking still sounds being uneducated. He was a fisherman there. And the spirit spoke through a fisherman. Hallelujah. The healer was the servant of God, and he was the holy one, absolutely unto God and for God, and he was the righteous one, the right one, the one who is right with God, with every man, and with everything. Then, this one, marvelous. Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, up to this point, he picked up a word in Greek, even up to date. It's hard for any translator to carry out its full denotation. The word archegos in Greek means what? The other, the origin, the originator, the chief leader, and so forth. It denotes the very source, the very origin. The order of life is the source, the origin, even the originator of life. Oh, this healer is the source of life, is the originator of life, so he is the chief leader in life. The elder of life. Peter indicated that this healer is not only healer. He is the source, the origin, the originator, the initiator of life. It is not a matter of healing. It is matter to uh, impart life into his believers. This is to propagate. To propagate, you need the source of life. This healer does not only have the power to heal, 
He himself is the source, the outer, the origin, originate of life. Then he's the prophet. He is God's servant. He is the holy one. He's the righteous one. He's the author of life. And he's also the prophet. Dennis, this was a wonderful portion, and I'd invite you to comment on any of these five points that Witness Lee has brought out related to Peter's message. But I want to ask you to say something about Peter himself. He has changed so much from the Peter that we got to know in the Gospels. His speech and his language must have given away his rough background as an uneducated fisherman, but the content of his speaking had to be riveting to these people. How do you explain such a change in this man in such a short period of time? I think there's no human explanation. The only explanation is that Peter received another life, the divine life, God's life. This completely changed him, not just outwardly, but intrinsically, constitutionally, where he could give such a marvelous word as we see in Acts chapter 3, pointing people back to the very person of Christ. We can really see that his speaking really focuses on the death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, What happened to Peter, of course, we see prior to this, maybe 50 to 60 days prior to this, he was denying the Lord. He was in contention with the others. He was trying to be number one. He was so proud. He was so boastful. And yet now in this time, we see him as another type of person. What happened? The real miracle that really happened with Peter was he received the indwelling Christ. He received the spirit of life, essentially. He became another person. He was born again. He was regenerated. He received another life. Then, through his witnessing, through his testifying, he could present such a marvelous Christ to others and bring people, focusing people back on Christ himself. I can't help but hearken back to the word you gave in our first fellowship regarding the verse in Second Peter 1, 4 about the divine nature. Right. Uh, this seems to be evidence of the operation of this divine nature, this divine life in Peter. Absolutely. The manifestation of this divine nature is that Peter is altogether another person by the addition and the intrinsic constitution of another life in Peter. Dennis, we have a most enjoyable portion ahead with Witness Lee. Let's get to it, and we'll be back in a few minutes for more fellowship. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of Jewish fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the holy and righteous one, whom the Jews have denied. The one God glorified, they denied. They killed the out of life whom God raised from the dead. Now you have to repent and turn that you may partake of and enjoy the ascended and coming Christ. Christ was the servant of God. Christ was the holy one. Christ was the righteous one. Christ was out of life. He did everything. He attended to all the things, he obtained all the things, now he's in the heavens. And he will come back. He is your portion. You have to repent and turn and come to participate in him and enjoy him. This is the uh, very stress of Peter's second speaking. 
when you come to him, you will enjoy him. Then what? Listen. Then your sins will be wiped away, and the season plural of refreshing may come. You tell me, what are the seasons of refreshing? It's hard to explain. Refreshing means cooling, reviving, hence relieving, refreshing. The seasons of refreshing denote a time of revival of all things with joy and rest. Referring to times of restoration of all things in verse 21, which will be brought in by the coming of the Messiah in his glory as taught and prophesied by the Savior in Matthew 19.28. Have you ever entered into such a season? A season of refreshing. What is this? Well, <laughs> a season of refreshing is a time full of what? Joy and rest. Full of joy and rest. It implies the cooling, the reviving, and the relieving. Just enjoyment. I tell you, every proper conversion is a season of refreshing. Every proper regeneration is a season of refreshing. When we got saved, we did have a time of enjoyment. And in that time, we just had joy and peace, enjoying Christ as our joy and peace. We all can apprehend this because we all have experienced more or less. This is the conversion, and this is the regeneration, and this is the salvation. Actually, this is Christ. The season of revising is just Christ himself. When you have him, he is your refreshing. He's your joy, he's your peace, he's your enjoyment. Dennis, this beautiful utterance by Peter in Acts 3.20 has long been a favorite verse of mine. So that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Dennis, it's easy to talk about this portion just from the standpoint of our personal experience. Connect this word back to the main burden that we're seeing in Peter's sharing, according to Witness Lee's message today, and that is he was pointing the people and us to the healer, not just this act of healing. That's correct, Chris. In verse 19, he says, Repent therefore and turn, that your sins may be wiped away. In verse 20, he goes on, So that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Peter was saying the Lord has attained everything, He's accomplished everything. Now we just repent, we return, our sins are wiped away, that the real seasons of refreshing could come. In our experience, this means when we have 
time with the Lord, an intimate time, a personal time, an affectionate time, we have to say this is a real season of refreshing. It is almost like a cooling, a reviving, a refreshing that is full of joy and rest. And this is really the goal of the Lord, always to bring us into such an intimate contact with Him that we could have not just one season of refreshing, but seasons of refreshing. In our daily life, we would like to have this kind of experience. Every day could be a day of refreshing, a day of reviving to us. Absolutely, Chris, I agree. When we have the experience of the seasons of refreshing, this is the real healing, the inward healing. Our inward person is healed when we experience Christ as such a season of refreshing. And I would like to just add one point, Chris. I was impressed again with a hymn written by A.B. Simpson. And uh, just the first verse in the chorus states this. And I think this will encapsulate somewhat of our feeling and burden of the message this morning. Let me just read verse 1 in the chorus to you. Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Once it was the feeling, now it is his word. Once his gift I wanted, now the giver own. Once I sought for healing, now himself alone. All in all forever, only Christ I'll sing. Everything is in Christ, and Christ is everything. I think Brother A.B. Simpson expresses the same thing here. Dennis, that's a most appropriate way to conclude the program. I just want to add a word of short testimony. I recall sitting in a meeting, listening to Witness Lee many years ago, talking about this very point. And he brought out that you may have had an experience, an isolated incident where the Lord healed something. And it was genuine, a real miracle for you. Right. But if your inward being never changed, would you exchange it today for the kind of experience we've been talking about? Right. I think the answer is self-evident. Right. Dennis, it was a real enjoyment to have you back for your second visit. That means that uh, we have a third and fourth and uh, beyond to, ahead of us, so I look forward to your next time to stop by the studio. Thank you, Chris. Please call our toll-free number, and we'll give you all the information necessary that we can get it off to you in just a few days. Our toll-free number, once again, is one eight 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 life study That's 543-3788. Also, our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Today, for Dennis Higashi, I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking, 
But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.